0: In the name of Allah the Almighty, the Gracious, the Merciful Welcome to the Breakfast Show Today is uh, Monday th- the 30th October And it's around 7 o'clock in the morning We are starting our Breakfast Show for Monday And today um, I'll be hosting you My name is Usman Manan And I'll be joined by Imam Nabil Parti And uh, we have uh, again two topics as usual to discuss today, and we will start um, our first segment around seven thirty, which will be about how to stay safe online, and the dangers of um, you know the online world, which is uh, I mean no secret to anyone, and which has been going on for many many years. Um, we'll be speaking about the pros and cons, and also other things, and this later on in the uh, in the around. or after 8 o'clock we will be talking about additives and ingredients and this segment will discuss um, what to avoid in your food so we will um, look at what some food scientists have been uh, researching about food additives about different ingredients and give you a little bit of an overview on what to avoid and um, what to look out for um, which are the most dangerous ingredients? So, uh, but to start off, we will be covering the news. Um, and before the news, actually, uh, let's have a look at the weather. And the weather is looking um, quite steady uh, for the for mu- for the week, but uh, it is getting a bit colder. So everyone should be careful. Uh, it it it's also raining a lot nowadays. Um, it's the it's the autumn season, you know. Autumn is also coming to an end soon and winter will start and the weather is looking around uh, today around 14 degrees the high and the low is around seven degrees at night so it can get a bit chilly in the evening but during the day it looks all right and for the coming days it's also uh, the weather is very steady you know 14 degrees 12 degrees Celsius um, but it is slowing slowly going down so be prepared for that. So after that we will go over the the news segment and as usual we'll start with the newspaper headlines <coughs> which are uh, still you know heavily about the Israel Gaza conflict but there is some new new news also so the um tributes paid to friend's actor Matthew Perry who died aged 54 dominate several of Monday's papers the mirror for example says it is feared Perry drowned in a hot tub at his home in Los Angeles very famous TV show friends the Sun features an iconic image of Per Perry drinking milkshakes alongside his friends co-star on its front page the paper says a list celebrities including uh, Gwyneth Peltro, have shared their heartbreak over his passing and the Metro also says that soon after reports of Perry's passing emerged, fans left flowers outside the New New York apartment block where friends was set up. Uh, the Times focuses on the situation in Gaza after communication with the outside world was cut off from uh, the territory on Friday evening as Israel prepared to expand its ground operations. We started asking, is this a plan finally to annihilate us this is what a witness told the paper in another report the paper says an emergency cobra meeting will be will be held by the uk government today amid fears uh, the israel-gaza conflict has accelerated the threat of terrorism in britain so the cause of this cobra meeting um will be the danger which is coming towards britain um so she will be praying for that as well that all Almighty, um, you know, better uh, make make the situation of the world better. Um, civil order is being is beginning to collapse in the Gaza Strip, with thousands of people raiding warehouses for food. Uh, the Guardian reports, wheat, flour, and hygiene products were among the supplies taken from um, four UN-run centres across the Strip on Saturday. The Daily Express leads with a warning from Iran. Which said Israel is sending a, Israel sending group uh, Israel sending ground troops into Gaza crossed a red line. And in a report from the Gaza Strip border, the Daily Mail's uh, reporters described watching Israel's military like spectators in the back row of a vast and bloodied coliseum. The U.S. says Hamas is preventing foreign nations, including Britons, from leaving Gaza. The Daily Telegraph reports, uh, U.S. officials say Israel and Egypt were prepared to allow foreigners leave uh, leave the Strip, but Hamas refused. Israel expanded its ground assault in Gaza yesterday after its Prime Minister Benjamin uh, Netanyahu said the country was entering a new phase of its long and hard war against Hamas, notes the Financial Times. Elsewhere on the front page, the paper reports a record number of companies have dropped plans to list on uh, list on Shanghai stock market as regulators set higher standards for listing applications, according to bankers and um, filings. And lastly, the the Daily Star says the reason why your dog is always waiting for you when you get home is because they can smell time. So, uh, slightly different news here. Uh, but uh, yes, Israel's ongoing ground operation in Gaza is um, still the main news for many many of uh, today's newspapers. Uh, the Daily Telegraph reported that Hamas is preventing foreign citizens from leaving Gaza. Westminster sources have told the paper that they're concerned that at least 200 Britons and about 600 Americans are in effect being held hostage in a war zone. The issue is The issue was discussed last night in a series of phone calls between world leaders including UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and under the headline Middle East on precipice. The Daily Express leads with a warning from Iran on the increasing risk that the war could spread across the region. The paper says a message from Iran's President Ebrahim Raisi declaring that red lines have been crossed has put the world on red alert again and uh, with internet and phone communications restored in gaza accounts are emerging of what it, what it was like for civilians inside the territory when links were cut for 36 hours a mother of four children sheltering in an apartment in khan yunis um tells the times it was it was if if the outside world no longer existed in the in the dark with no way of accessing information she says all she had was her imagination and was fearing the worst. The Guardian describes people's phones springing back into life yesterday morning um, in undated with updates, messages and missed calls from uh, family and friends. And elsewhere, on a warning from the UK's most senior police officer, Sir Mark Rowley, that the, conf- um, that the conflict has accelerated the threat of an attack here, Uh, The paper says the security risk to the UK will be at the top of the agenda at today's meeting of the Emergency Cobra Committee at Downing Street. So let's see what the Cobra meeting will be uh, bringing out about this. Um, The Times, sorry, the Telegraph has uh, seen a witness statement submitted to the COVID inquiry by an Oxford uh, epidemiologist which uh, claims Boris Johnson told scientists he favoured a Swedish-style soft-touch upper, uh, approach to the pandemic instead of a lockdown. Um, so that was uh, the, the the papers f- for today. Um, we will be taking a short break and then we'll go over the other news which we are um, seeing in, uh, around the world. So stay with us. Following the prophethood of Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him is the easiest route through which one can reach God.
1: Obedience to it wins the gift of Divine Love and Communion, greater and more than ever before. However, a perfect follower of it cannot be called a prophet per se, for that would be an affront to the perfect and absolute prophethood of Muhammad, peace be upon him. Yet, with regard to him, the two expressions Ummati and Nabi can be applied in conjunction, because by doing so, no disrespect is implied to the perfect and final prophethood of Muhammad, peace be upon him rather because of this beneficence of the holy prophet peace be upon him
0: the light of his prophethood becomes all the more clear and resplendent assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh uh, welcome to the breakfast show peace be upon everyone uh we are going through the news and uh, i just read out the newspaper headlines um uh, so what's going around in different newspapers and still the standout is the israel gaza war and uh, to summarize this um uh, the, the Palestinian uh, Red Crescent in Gaza says uh, Israel has told them to evacuate Al-Quds, a key hospital in Gaza City. So this is the latest news um, of, of today or I think last night. And um, so uh, Israel has given warnings to um, the Al-Quds hospital and has warned them uh, multiple times to leave the leave the hospital. The organization says there are patients and intensives in intensive care units and babies in in, in, um, incubators, and uh, moving them is impossible. And uh, you won't believe but around 14,000 civilians are also understood to be sheltered in uh, the hospital and its grounds. um, uh, The hospital area was hit all day on Sunday by airstrikes, as Israel reported, killing dozens of terrorists in Gaza on Sunday. So they were attacking hospitals for the search of terrorists, um, you know, Hamas terrorists. Uh, but what they are doing is um, they have uh, injured or also killed some of them. Um, and the, the figures are going up to 14,000 people in that hospital. And uh, now warnings are being given to evacuate all those, you know, 14,000 people as soon as possible. 60 arrests after a storm storm uh, runway and terminal building at a Russian regional airport looking for passengers arriving from Israel. Uh, More than 38 trucks entered Gaza on Sunday in the largest delivery since uh, supplies were allowed to resume. And Israel has been bombing Gaza since the 7th October Hamas attacks that killed 1,400 people and saw 230 people kidnapped as hostages. The Hamas Run Health Ministry in Gaza says more than eight thousand people have been killed since Israel's uh, retaliatory bombing began. Um so this was you know just a short summary of what's been happening in the latest news. Um the, the, the Financial Times has given a, a overview on um kind of how the um Israel armies are attacking and uh, I think recently the um there is an issue with the tunnel warfare. Because they have discovered, they discovered in two thousand fourteen um, that there are uh, several tunnels which are leading from Gaza to Israel, and from Israel to Gaza, in which uh, they they also have done attacks before since um, two thousand four, um, and the Israel Defense Forces have been uh, you know tight lipped about the pre- precise deployments for one of its most important operations in decades. But at the same time, they're also fearing. A attack from uh, from Hezbollah, the Iran- Iran-backed Lebanese militant group, which uh, fought a month-long war with Israel in uh, 2006, and they are also worried about that um, since Iran has also given a warning that they have crossed the red line by crossing um, by by uh, by starting a ground invasion, so they are also worried about the northern border, and Israel uh, Israel needs to also uh, divide its group. Um, to defend both sides, um, the limited initial incursion was also a reflection of Netanyahu's pledge to destroy Hamas and remove it from the Gaza Strip, being too big to complete quickly. Um, as uh, from 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 the statements of the officers and and the pr- Prime Minister himself, we see that uh, th- they are not planning on uh, ending this quickly because they understand that this is a huge task this is a difficult task um so what we can you know derive from this is that this will be a long war this will be a very long war for which may, which, which can go on for months uh 6 months maybe even up to a year um and uh, um one of the the national uh security um spokesperson from uh, Israel also said that the goal is not a tactical one that we will achieve tomorrow he said, uh, adding that he expected the operation to last between six months and a, and a year. What you are seeing, that's why he's saying, what you are seeing is a cautiousness on a tactical level. Why should we lose more soldiers than necessary? And an understanding that the goal is so big that anyhow it cannot be achieved in the next week. Uh, other uh, And uh, other observers think that the scale of the initial incursion is a sign that Israel is aiming for something less ambitious than toppling Hamas. So um, it's just a brief overview on on um, how Israel is attacking and uh, what their plan is. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be a a long war. Um, so I have uh, Imam Nabil with me here. Assalamualaikum first of all. Wassalam, Wassalam. Oh, so, so um so, <laughs> the I mean, what do you think about this? Like Israel um, is attacking and attacking. And uh, Um, we thought this might end quickly. I mean, Gaza is such a small place, you know, in terms of uh, area. Uh, But it's very densely populated. And um, (coughs) they are planning to do this for the whole year.
1: Um, Definitely, definitely. Um, But I think the best way to summarize this topic um, would be from His Holiness' um, recent Friday sermon, um, where he urges Ahmadis and the world to intensify in their prayers um, regarding the escalation in Palestine. Um, I'm just going to read a few of his, you know, um, what he said during his Friday sermon. Um, he, He says that, given the current state of the world, I'm once again drawing attention to the importance of prayer. The conflict between Hamas and Israel is intensifying, resulting in an increasing number of innocent Palestinian women and children being martyred, with the pace at which the situation of war is escalating and the policies being apparently adopted by the Israeli government and major global powers. It seems as if a world war now looms large before us. Now even the leaders of certain Muslim countries are openly stating, as have Russia and China. Similarly, Western uh, analysts have begun to write and proclaim that the scope of this war seems to be broadening. If immediate wisdom-based policies are not adopted, the world will face devastation. All of this is being reported in the news and all of you can see the circumstances, therefore, and this must pay special attention to prayers. We must not become complacent. At the very least, to one prostration during every prayer, or at the minimum, of one of the prayers should be dedicated to this cause while supplicating during it. So I think this um, summarizes, you know, um, what's been happening. Um, we 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 probably thought it might be a you know maybe a two-week situation, mm-hmm. but it's escalating as all other countries are getting involved you know, um, um, with their own policies and views. But Yeah, what well, his holiness th-
0: um already mentioned is what people are catching on now that you already said that this is not about to stop. I mean yeah, it's that, not, that it's one not. sentence makes it clear that exactly this is, this is gonna be a long long war.
1: Definitely, um but 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 the I wouldn't say the worst thing but there's devastating things that innocent children and women are involved in this, um and being martyred every day and it's very um sad to see as well on, on social media etc you know that we're over here with the ability to just do one thing and let's just pray for them yeah um, I mean that's uh,
0: the 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 greatest or the most powerful thing we can do is pray for them yeah pray for them that's and, what it is uh, I mean it, it's, it's right you, know, you do protests and everything they might have a little effect but they do more harm than they benefit mm-hmm. uh, but prayer is something there's no there's no harm in prayer mm-hmm. there's only benefit and his holiness also mentioned that, I mean, what what we need right now is justice. And the the Western leaders, I mean, they we keep going to the Western leaders because they have the power. I yeah. mean, if we refer back to you know the the Pakistani leaders and the um, you know South Asian leaders, they they don't have that much power. Their their countries are not strong enough to probably even stop Israel if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears> the the Palestinian people, they have been crying out to all the Muslim nations that come help us, but they're quiet. Yeah. So this also shows that first of all they are cowards. Okay. It, it doesn't matter who you support Israel or Palestine. Wherever there is injustice, you, it's your your job to step in as as a good leader. And we see this the same lack of um, you know confidence, the lack of um um sympathy for human beings in in the leadership on the west. Um but slowly and um, hopefully this will increase people are speaking out and uh, like recently they have been saying that that the the revenge Israel was, you know, supposed to be allowed is also crossing its limit. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. But uh, thank you. This uh, was a good summary of uh, what we can do at least and uh, what to hope for in the future. Um, Now, uh, there's a slightly different news um, about the inflation in the UK. Um, and uh, so, what's what's causing all this inflation? Because the the rates have been uh, quite high, and they are around at 6.7 percent, um, you know, uh, today. Uh, first of all, what is inflation? Inflation is the increase in the price of something over time. Uh, if if you look at it by def, uh, definition, if a bottle of milk costs one pound, um, um, but one pound and five pounds 12 months later the annual milk inflation is five percent and the uk inflation uh since 2014 um uh and onwards has been under two percent so the uk inflation rate but in uh, 2022 um um, just after covid the inflation rate went up all the way to uh, 10 11 12 and it is slowly coming down um in august today uh sorry, in august um it's it's around 6.7% um and the the question uh, put forward in this article is that why why have been prices rising uh, rising uh, so fast and one reason of this is um obviously because of covid after covid there was a huge demand of uh, many things which had been stopped and soaring food and en- energy bills also you know helped drive inflation up Oil and uh, gas were in greater demand after COVID. The war in Ukraine meant less was available for Russia, putting further pressure on prices. And the conflict also reduced the amount of uh, grain available, pushing up global food prices. And this effect was compounded in the UK in February by a shortage of vegetables, which took food inflation to a a 45-year high. And uh, on top of that, alcohol prices in restaurants and pubs also rose. So everything is going up but uh, just to give you a an overview or a perspective on what kind of foods have been going up so the so the most uh, uh inflated food the the price of uh sugar uh went up by 59% 59.3% so this is the highest rate of inflation and uh, sugar um has been on top of this and after that is olive oil which is around 47% um different sources uh salt herbs and spices they have gone up on uh gone up about 30% and uh after that is you know um cocoa powder chocolate frozen vegetables and uh, one of um uh, maybe the least um um inflated food prices was um butter which actually went down butter and milk slightly going down and um um so this is uh, from from September uh 20 2022 until uh um September 2023 uh but if you look at it from from a few years ago then milk prices also went up uh but yeah so this was a uh, just a brief overview of um inflation and interest rates for example interest rates also have been um they have been below 1% from 2009 until you know last year but uh now it they have gone back up to 5.2% Um, and uh, the last time it was this high was in 2007 or 2008. Um, And then they posed the question that is, are wages keeping up with inflation? Uh, And official figures show that on average, regular pay excluding bonus um, grew by 7.8% between June and August compared with the same period a year earlier. Uh, This is higher than the rate of inflation was in the same period, which was 7.1%. Which means real wages grew for the first time in nearly two years. Um, so if 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 you kind of want to put it in a graph, inflation, um, the 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 prices uh, rose really high in in you know mid to 2022, but the wages were really low, uh, and they hadn't been uh, growing in the same um, rate to kind of tackle this. But now, for the first time in August, um, the the prices uh the the increase of price the inflation is around 7.1% and uh, wages have been increased by 7.8%. So now we will see people um you know having more money than they have to spend. Um and uh lastly uh just to just to mention it quickly it's um uh the the yes, some some news about football uh yesterday uh, man city beat um United uh, 3-0 and uh, now the table um, is looking something like this that Tottenham is still on t- on, on top Arsenal is second place uh, they are they still have a game to go uh, they have they played seven games and um, Tottenham and City Man City have played eight games already and then on third place is Manchester City um, they've already lost two games this season whereas Tottenham and Arsenal haven't lost any games yet so this will uh, kind of cost them later on in the season. And uh, yeah, so that's it from us uh, from the new segment. Now we'll take uh, another short break and then we will start our first segment, which is about how to stay safe online. Uh, we'll be talking about the dangers of uh, the online world today. Uh, what, what kind of scams have been going on. So very interesting information and important information. We also have a specialist uh, we'll be uh, taking on the line. So stay with us and uh, uh, we'll be back shortly. The purpose
2: of The Voice of Islam is to inform people of the true teachings of Islam, and to make it abundantly clear that Islam's teachings perfectly conform and relate to the needs of every era and every person.
1: The Voice of Islam brings you a whole range of exciting programs each week, 24 hours a day. Tune into our current affairs programs such as Pathway to Peace and
3: Faith in Focus. Welcome to another episode of Pathway to Peace.
0: Welcome to Faith in Focus, an hour of discussion, debate and dialogue.
3: Find out about
1: faith in the current age with Science Hour and Around the Table. Welcome back to the Science Show here on The Voice of Islam. Welcome to another edition of Around the Table. Join us on Voice of Islam throughout the week for a wide range of programs for you to enjoy. So I going to and welcome back to the breakfast show. Um, we just finished with the news around 7:30. Um we're moving up we are moving on to our first topic of the day which is how to stay safe online. So the gist of the story which was taken from the Guardian is that Identity theft has reached an all-time high as more people are reporting back of being defrauded and scammed out of money and personal details. So the question arises, why are nowadays fraud and scam levels so high? You might see a text message, you know, that you purchase a certain thing or um, a certain person or a bank account, I would say, is asking for a certain code. Um, you know, once they call in and you have to provide the code. Etc. So, wh- why is it happening nowadays and why is it more? Um, as you know, technology is growing. Um, people are finding a way um, of having loopholes in the system to be mm-hmm. able to get your money out. Um, you know, for those who are not um, used to technology, you wouldn't know whether it's a scam or a fraud that's going on during the call. So, as most of consumers are moving towards online resources to buy products and services. The rates of cybercrime is also increasing. Uh, it says that in, 22, in 2022 alone, £1.2 billion was stolen by scammers in the UK, which is equivalent to more than £2,300 a minute, which is shocking. It is thought that the cost of living crisis may be a contributor to this, as people often fall for fake discounts and deals online. Um, the type of frauds and scam people have experienced um, is usually uh, including theft of money and personal information.
0: That's a dangerous one, like your personal information. Uh, a lot hmm. of people don't understand like the scale of this. They say that, okay, what what if a scammer has my information? What's he gonna do? Or oh, he has my bank details. So what? I, I mean, I don't have much money in my bank account. <laughs> but uh, it's not just uh, that one person. Uh, they have, I mean, access to you know millions of accounts, and they can use it for blackmailing. Uh, like I think a few years ago, they used, there was like this scam going on. The emails were going out mm. that uh, we have like your information, or we have your your uh, internet history. We have access to your messages to your Instagram account, and we will like leak them. We will send them to your parents or your, you know, uh, and people used to get scared that uh, obviously like everyone has you know things to hide, yeah, so people course. would be scared. Of, oh, what, what if what if he, what, what if he's saying is true? And, uh, you know, then they would demand money in return for, for the safety. And so uh, you know, people think that, oh, my information is not that important to other people. But uh, it's not important to them. That's true. Yeah. But uh, they can use it against you in, in you know, different ways.
1: Definitely. Um, I think people are like, especially in the like, living cost of crisis, although um, cost of living crisis, um, a lot of people look for, you know, good deals, discounts, and that kind of stuff. They don't realize what website they're wandering onto, mm-hmm. whether even that website's legit. Um, you know, um, if it, if it is, you know, an actual retail company or whatever it is, just seeing a good deal, they just put all the details, the bank details and everything. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about this uh, with our
0: with our first guest on the show, who is uh, Tony uh, Neat. Uh, Tony is a CEO at uh, Get Safe Online. Uh, Tony was part of the team that set up Get Safe Online in 2006 following a distinguished 30-year career in the police force, um, latterly responsible for industry liaison within the National High Tech Crime Unit, remaining there when it became a part of the SOCA, now the National Crime Agency. He regularly uh, presents to conferences, forums, and meetings both in uh, the UK and overseas, as well as appearing on television and radio and giving media interviews. So, we are very uh, fortunate to uh, have him on the show today. Aslam Alaikum, peace be upon you. Welcome to the Breakfast Show, um, Tony. Asalaamu Alaikum. Great well, to be
2: with you again, guys. Um, and, uh, and thanks very much for inviting me.
0: Alaikum Very, very lovely greeting. Uh, thank you very much. How are you today? I've, I've got a bit of a cold, but that doesn't stop mm. me speaking to you. I love passing on the messages,
2: um, and I love talking to you guys. As I've always promised, I'm going to be in the studios one day
0: with you. Thank you, thank you. That would be really nice. <laughs> Just to start off, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, obviously, I gave a, a very brief introduction, but I mean that, those thirty years in the police force—that's that's a huge experience. Uh, so tell us a bit about yourself and uh, a little bit about you know get safe online. Uh, what's this uh, more about in detail, please?
2: It, it was a fantastic experience, um, uh, 30 years dealing with all sorts of crime, but latterly at the end dealing with serious and organised online crime. And it was there that um, we realised that something needed to be done to educate people. And that's what we do at Get Safe Online. We're a non-for-profit organisation. We educate children all the way up to silver servers, including small businesses so it's a task we're not just in the uk we're in 26 countries around the world um Mm -hmm. including africa and the south pacific and the caribbean that's amazing (laughs) Well, the most important thing about Get Safe Online is education, um, and uh, and I apologise for my coughing. Um, now, once I start talking, my coughing starts. So I <laughs> no
0: worries. If if you feel you, know, um, you you can't speak, just let us know. We can. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm good. I'll uh, I'll fight my way through it.
2: <laughs> but it's about education. We want people to feel confident and secure when they use the internet. It's a fantastic place. I've heard you talking about all the problems with the um, with fraud online and how it's increasing. Yes, it mm. is. And we've got to be aware of that. But it's still a fantastic place. Millions of interactions and transactions successfully conducted every single day. And, and sometimes we forget about that and we concentrate on the bad news. Well, that's what, unfortunately, you and I, uh, guys, are going to do today. We're going to talk about the bad news the bad (laughs) things that are happening but let's just remember if you take the necessary steps if you're cautious about what you do if you secure yourself with the computer or the um, mobile phone that you're using you can be very very secure
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, so I mean for the for the listeners as well and for us as well there is a difference between a scam and a fraud right so can you explain a little bit the Mm -hmm. difference between the two Uh, because one of them is like uh, a scam is if you get scammed you don't get your money back i mean no one's responsible for it whereas in a in a fraud that's a crime and you can go to your bank and speak about this
2: no you're you're not 100 percent right there if you Mm -hmm. didn't mind me saying so of course what you've got to remember is 99 percent of scams are frauds they're conducted Mm -hmm. by criminals we shouldn't call them scammers we should call them what they are Fraudsters and criminals, and what you get when you are a scammer is possibly something that is immoral, but not necessarily illegal. So, if I can give you an example of, you can go online, <laughs> and you can get your driving license prepared for you. Now, that's a bit of a bit of a scam um, because it's not illegal. But of course, you can, like yourself, you can do it with European um, medical cards. People say, "Oh, we'll get you." Medical will charge you fifteen pounds, they're free. So that's what I would classify as a scam. Anything else I would call it fraud done by criminals. I, I suppose it's a bit like saying and I've always been pretty pretty strict about this, shoplifting. No, shoplifting is stealing from somebody. Yeah. And 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 that's what it is. So let's call it what it is. Let's not call it a scam. Let, let or scammers. Let's call it criminal and criminals. Um, I I think that's the best way that I would describe it. After twenty, after thirty years in the police and fifteen years as a CEO, get safe online.
0: <clears throat> mm-hmm. Interesting, also, <clears throat> as, Uh also, as Nabil mentioned, the reports of you know identity theft uh, are quite on the high nowadays. Um, so, you know, what's? Um, uh, why do you think people um, want information, um, personal information? And wh- what ways can, can someone identify that, uh, I mean, uh, this is a fraud or, or how can they protect themselves online?
2: Well, you've got to be vigilant about what you're doing. Um, your identity is very precious to you. It's worth a lot of money. <clears throat> even, even when they've got somebody's telephone number, That can be sold on. Your address can be sold on. Certainly, your bank details. And it's called um, sucker lists, where somebody has given you information that you really wouldn't, shouldn't have shared. Because there are people who put all these bits of information together <laughs> and as a result of that they've got a whole profile of you so we've got to be careful of that we've got to protect our own pers- personal information certainly banking but also our maiden name mother's maiden name uh, telephone numbers uh, address where we live uh, bank details most important and looking at that password that you use pr- for everything but most importantly your finances and your email address once they get your email address and they can find out what you're sending and what you're receiving they can find an awful lot of information and they can impersonate you and impersonate somebody else so looking after your personal identity is is so important checking your bank statements regularly going online to a credit checking agency which doesn't have to cost you money um i've got one or two, which, which are actually free, and they tell me how I'm doing for my credit. So things like that are the things that you need to look out for and need to protect because they're very important. Because as you say, it's increasing.
1: Definitely, definitely. Um, Thank you for that, Tony. <laughs> but you just mentioned a few methods of, you know, how to be vigilant and wary about your, you know, if someone is trying to come forward or identify them. Um, What is the, my question to you, what is the common technique that these as you've said criminals use to get your identity and you know um get access to your banks etc you know even i've had like one or two cases where i've just checked my credit card and you know there's a uber eats going one way and there's some uh, uber drive going the other way and whereas i've never used uber eats or uber drive in my lifetime and what is the common like techniques or methods that these criminals use to get your identity and your you know bank details etc
2: Well, as you can imagine, there are many, and they are varied, Um, and probably um, the first one I'd mention is telephone calls. So you receive a telephone call from someone that says they're from the bank, they're from from the police, they're from the government, they're from the tax office, and they get you to divulge certain information that you wouldn't normally ever do it. Don't trust it. If you get a phone call, treat it as suspicious, put the phone down, think about it, and then find the telephone number of the people that they said they were. There's an awful lot of, of cons going on like that. Mm-hmm. Social media. There's Most of the fraud that we see taking place now is done on social media.
1: Oh, okay. Still, we're
2: yeah. seeing Facebook being a major one. So when you see an advert for something that sounds too good to be true, well, it probably is. <laughs> and, and that's what we've got to remember is... You know, and and, and my big thing about these type of things that go on, emails that come through that purport to be from somebody, um, any website that you go to that says, oh, give us your password. Now, unfortunately, an awful lot of people use the same password. So when they're on a spurious site, a site that's actually criminal and it asks for a password and you give them your only and original password they've got your password you don't know who the site is so Mm. be careful about that these are really important points that you've got to do of course we go into far more detail on the getsafeonline.org website and you can anybody can look at that and there's a a 10 minute review of things that you ought to do and, and listen to so if you've got any specific questions, then certainly the Get Safe Online website is one of the places to go. But I want people to be protected. You know, there are an awful lot of con artists out there, criminals out there looking to get your information and get your money. And that's what we've got to fight. So what I would ask anyone who's listening to this is pass this message on. Don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on to your children. Pass it on to your parents, your friends, your neighbours. You know, let people know that there are things you can do to protect yourself from being on the internet which as i said is a wonderful place you know i think i think mm-hmm. youtube is one of the best things <laughs> that were ever invented for the internet it is it absolutely amazes me every no time i go on there. That. um you know how to how to change a washer on a boiler that nobody's ever heard of and they've got information <laughs> on how to do it so it, there's some fantastic stuff there as long as you look after
1: yourself perfectly thank you for that tony um one final question I would say as you uh, you are a distinguished, you know, police officer for thirty years, which is amazing by the way. Um, do you in your experience or maybe you can mention it to the listeners, is up to you, you, know, um um have there been any cases where it has been a huge crime or fraud, um where someone's taken, you know, quite a bit of money and Oh You've, yes, you've I, been able to I, catch that person, the criminal?
2: I I've been um I've been I was in the fraud squad before I was in dealing with cybercrime and I've dealt with cases where there are millions of pounds that have been stolen. Um, I dealt with a, a, I've actually spoke to a a lady about a year, two years ago, who as a result of being uh, defrauded, lost nearly £200,000. She did it because she was buying a new flat on the south coast. They she somehow someone had found her password for her email address they watched the solicitor send her an email, as a result they got a domain name of a similar name to the solicitor's sent her a letter and said well now ready for the deposit, could you send us £200,000 to this, no. this banking address and of course she didn't realise she'd been compromised, so she did send them £200,000 now it wasn't for another two, three weeks but she realised, wow, because it was two, three weeks later that the solicitor said, OK, the genuine one, OK, send us your money. Well, I have. Mm. No, she'd sent them somewhere else. So they're just the same. Now, some people um, get their money back. But I've got to say, the majority of time, people don't get their money back because it's been done over the Internet. Mm. And these criminals, you know, when, when I first joined the police, criminality was local. You knew where the bur- who were committing the burglaries and the robberies. Mm. Now it could be anywhere in the world, yeah. literally mm. anywhere in the world. You know, from the Far East to um, uh, to Russia, um, all sorts of places, even South America, are conducting things like that. And the police are, are tied very much because. They they still really police locally. They have got other advantages, but it, it is difficult to try and catch them. So what we've got
0: to do is secure
2: ourselves, not hoping that uh, the police will come along and get our money back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Great, thank you so much, Tony. Uh, it was I think uh, you've been on this show multiple times, but my first experience with you, and it was uh, really a pleasure speaking to you, um, and also very informative. Uh, thank you for joining us. I uh, hope you get well soon. God bless you and. Uh, Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you, gents. I'm
2: very grateful. And as I said, hopefully one day I'll come and join you in the studios.
0: Hopefully. Let's pray for that. Uh, thank you so much. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, a lovely guy. <laughs> so that <laughs> was uh, Tony Neat from Get Safe Online. Uh, he's the CEO of Get Safe Online. And he's, as he said, he's established in uh, 26 countries, which is uh, you know amazing. And um, Tony was also part of a... <coughs> Sorry, part of a team uh, that set up Get Safe Online in 2006, uh, which was after his you know 30-year uh, police force career. So really, really experienced person as well. And he gave us, uh, you know, so many tips, so many ways of being careful, uh, so many types of frauds that are happening. <coughs> I just want to mention a couple more. For example, things like when you go on a website, check the website carefully. <coughs> Some websites have... Uh, you know, maybe a dot or a dash or a letter, uh, which looks like real, but it's not. Uh, some ev- uh, there are even people who are faking government websites. Uh, so uh, make sure if you if you are going on the government website, they have a they have a specific uh, kind of you know template .dot uh, gov .uk. Um, and uh, you know the the best your your best friend is your own judgment, your own gut feeling. So if you feel there's something wrong, it's better to you know double check. Uh, better uh, safe than sorry, um, and be aware of unexpected calls and messages, uh, especially from banks and lawyers. Um, um, since lawyers and banks, I mean, they 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 deal with you know a lot of money with huge amounts of money. So if you make a mistake there, it will cost you uh, you know a lot a lot more. And uh, yeah, and also an interesting thing is that uh, a lot of scammers uh, tend to do these calls or messages on Fridays, and the reason for that is that. They know that if you, if you do get scammed, uh, you won't be able to report it for the next two days because uh, I mean, banks are closed sometimes on, on weekends or a lot of people don't work, you know, on weekends, especially Sunday. And then when they, by the time they find out Monday morning, uh, the money is already somewhere else.
1: That was pretty scary, man. Um, especially when Tony was mentioning about, imagine you've saved, saved up money to buy a flat. Yeah. 200,000 pounds. And, uh. You get an email from your you know so-called solicitor that you know deposit the money Mm. and next thing you know it's actually the solicitor emailing you and you deposited the money and more more or less uh, attorney was mentioning the money's gone you can't get that money back um it is very scary indeed so i hope the listeners do you know partake in what tony was saying and uh, you know be try to stay safe online as well
0: yeah i think everyone should check out that website get safe online and uh, see what they can offer. Sometimes, uh, because they are a kind of uh, specializing in this topic. I mean, we, as a general public, everybody knows, you know, scams are happening, uh, some things are suspicious. But if you go to a professional or a more experienced person, they can give you tips which um, you might not even think about, you know. So, um, but at the end of the day, it is quite sad. Um, but as as we were speaking earlier, the, maybe these kind of desperate measures are coming. Out since you know after covid and inflation and the cost of living uh, everything is going up wars are happening the state of this world is kind of uh is very very um it's going you know the wrong direction so we have to we have to tackle this with with prayers we have to uh we have to tackle this with you know um uh propagating the, the, the truth uh instead of uh you know uh being with uh, the false or being with scammers it's be- being you know showing sympathy to the wrong things people do uh, ev- even though they are desperate measures it does not mean you can harm another person just for your own benefit so a very interesting discussion we're having um we'll be continuing this shortly after the news as well uh so uh, if you have any questions if you want to say something uh join our discussion um pick up the phone call us on 020 020- eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight so that's zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight and if you want leave a leave, leave a tweet um at voice of Islam UK and join us uh I mean we also enjoy when people you know call in or talk to us or leave a comment uh, it's always great uh, whether it's positive or negative so join the discussion um um will maybe you have some points we have never mentioned or we we, we can't think of um so uh, we will take a short break for the news um but after the news we'll come back we'll also speak a bit about um you know the what does islam say about this um about speaking the truth about uh, um about scams and frauds um and it's just beautiful that islam kind of has an answer for everything has addressed every issue um humans are facing so uh stick with us and listen in and uh, let us know what you think about that We will be back after the news and uh, um, after that we will also start our second second segment. So stay with us and uh, hopefully we will be able to provide you with something good.
3: Writings of the Promised Messiah, alayhi salaam. It should be remembered that God Almighty, by demanding faith in the unseen, does not wish to deprive the believers of certainty, of understanding the divine. Indeed, Faith is a ladder for arriving at the certainty of understanding, without which it is vain to seek true understanding. Those who climb this ladder surely experience for themselves the pure and undefiled spiritual verities when a sincere believer accepts divine commands and directions for the only reason that God Almighty has bestowed upon him through a righteous bearer he becomes deserving of the bounty of understanding That is why God Almighty has established a law for His servants That they should first acknowledge Him By believing in the unseen So that all the problems they face May be resolved through the bounty of true understanding But it is a pity that a hasty one Does not adopt these ways
1: As-salamu May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all um, Welcome back to The Breakfast Show We are just finishing off the first segment, which is Stay Safe Online. As you know, towards the end of the segment, we do give a short Islamic view or perspective of the topic. Um, So as we know that Stay Safe Online, it does consist, as Tony was mentioning before, they are criminals. So what criminals do, they lie and deceit to get something out of you. And as we know, that Islam is based on truthfulness and morality. So just to finish off this segment, me and Usman will mention a few Few views and few, um, you know, commands of the Holy Quran and the Promised Messiah, who is the founder of them, um, the Muslim community. Um, so the Promised Messiah's instructions that man can only be righteous when he possesses all good moral qualities. However, there are some aspects of morality which, if not pre- present in a believer, his level of faith becomes questionable. Among all aspects of morality necessary for a believer, the most important is to remain truthful and to abstain from lying. Um, among all aspects of morality, like I said, that the most important thing is to remain truthful and try not to lie and abstain from it, as it that does impact your faith and your morality that you have. The promised Messiah has given a vast detailed discourse on the importance of truthfulness in our faith, Messiah says, The Holy Quran has deemed lying equal to idol worship. Both are an abomination, but and both are vile, hence one should stay away from them. Avoid idol worship and lying. In other words, lying too is an idol. The one who puts his trust in lies and abandons his trust in God Almighty, so in lying one also loses God. When a person abandons his trusts, God does not go near him.
0: Thank you, Nabil. Also <clears throat> just to finish off in the Holy Quran is mentioned on numerous occasions about you know giving a testimony and uh, sticking to the truth and regarding this, the promised messiah peace be upon him also stated that whatever turns one away from the direction of truthfulness and leads one away from uh, to, to truthful, truthfulness is is an idol for you and idol worship is is forbidden in Islam and he says that all speak the truth regardless of whether the st- that statement will go against uh, your father <coughs> um your brother or your friend or anyone else and in the holy quran there's a specific commandment that uh you know to the believers that um stick with the truth uh stand you know stand firm on the truth even if that that truth goes against your 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 kinship against your friends against your family um and there's so much emphasis on this in the holy quran um, we see the perfect example of you know the fulfillment of this of these commands in the life and in the character of the Holy Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him. Um, I mean, the Holy Prophet peace be upon him he was himself a business person. Um, he, he he was a businessman. That was his um, uh, you can say his um, his his job or occupation as well. Um, and you see that if, if you read the history of Islam, you will see that uh, he, he was a very successful business person. And there is so many uh, testimonies of uh, his friends, of his family, and even of his enemies, that one thing about this person is true, whether whether we like him or not, we hate him, we want to kill him, but one thing is true about him, that he is Al-Amin and Al-Sadiq, that he never lied in his life, and he has never betrayed anyone's trust. So, as, you know, if you're in, in the business department, you're trying to sell things, you you will not succeed without without you know lying but this is a misconception people think that you have to lie to sell your product whereas if you tell people the truth they might even buy a slightly faulty product because they know you are truthful and the fault in it will not be greater than you mentioning it for example you're going to buy a car and and the, the person straight up tells you that look uh, the, the price of the, i want to sell it for this much but there are some issues there's an issue with the you know the ac or this and that kind of, you know, if if I'm personally going to go to someone, it puts me at comfort that he's mentioned the faults. There might be more faults, but my first impression will be that oh, he like he's being straight up with me. And then I will be more likely, you know, I'll be more kind of uh, a lean towards uh, accepting the, off- the offer rather than criticizing him. That you didn't tell me this, you didn't tell me that. So that this is what we see from from the example of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him in his life who was, you know, the perfect example for a human being. If you want to live, read read about him, read about the Holy Prophet. There's so many books, Life of Muhammad. Read about it and you will see how, how perfectly he lived life. No one ever um, accused him of, could accuse him of something wrong. Even his enemies said that this person, he, the only reason they hated him or were against him was because he claimed to be a prophet of God. He brought a new religion and they didn't like that. They wanted to, you know, keep, keep, Keep uh, on the ways they were at, but even his enemies uh, testified. Um, there's a famous uh, um, d- uh, dialogue between um, Abu Sufyan and 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 the king that he asked him that What do you think of this person?" And he said that um, I mean he claims to be a prophet, and I disagree with him. We I don't like him, but uh, he has he's a, he's a, in terms of a person, he's a good person. He's never lied. He's a truthful person, and that's why he became famous as. Uh, as sadiq and al amin which means uh, the truthful and the uh, trustworthy so th- at the end of uh, just uh, you know bearing in mind this this um, uh, th- these qualities of the holy prophet peace be upon him we should also try to you know uh, tr- stick with the truth uh, the truth will not harm you uh, even if you think that it, maybe in the beginning it is causing some damage or it's causing you a disadvantage you will see that in the long run if truth will always uh, truth always prevails and if you lie you have to cover up with another lie and then with another lie until you get caught so may allah enable us to you know stay truthful and uh, understand that um that the, the importance of truth and also instill this truth in our children and in our families and promote this more and um uh, this way we will be also safer uh, in, in online and also um outside the online world. So, uh, thank you, and Nabil, as well, for this. Uh, we will be moving on, on to the, our next segment, which is about uh, another important uh, issue topic, which is uh, additives and ingredi- ingredients in food. Um, <clears throat> so, the gist of the story here is that um, the Huffington Post reports on additives and ingredients that food scientists avoid. Uh, and in this segment, we will look into why these are considered harmful. And if people can uh, truly avoid them, um, so, uh, so can you give us a short yes, summary? So the what, summary of the article
1: um, is, so as Osman has mentioned, is how to avoid um, additives and ingredients. As most of us knows, know that when we are buying something, food, rice, or whatever it is, certain stuff, certain um, food or vegetables have certain additives that we don't even look at before, you know, we eat. So this segment will help us with the experts, of course, that we have on the show, help us, give us an insight uh, on what to avoid or what to check, etc. Especially for, you know, your children growing up, etc. You have a certain condition, you should be having some certain uh, ingredients. So the summary of the article, like Asmar mentioned, is from the Huffington Post. Um, it's the additives and Ingredients Food Scientists Avoid on Why Avoid BHT, BHA, vitamin C, T, B, H, Q, vitamin E, etc. Food colouring derived from cool tar can be avoided. Look for products that are coloured by beet juice, blueberry juice, raspberry juice, spinach powder juice, pumpkin juice, etc. Um, there's some words that I can't pronounce, so uh, don't mind me. <laughs> um, high fructose corn syrup substitutes with maple syrup. You know, dead sugar, raw honey should not be given to infants and babies. Um, But the question arises, do they really need to be avoided? Are there alternatives that you can have? Mm, Good question. Um, So the use of food addictives is only justified when their use has a technological need, does not mislead consumers and serves a well-defined technological function, such as to preserve the nutritional quality of the food or enhance the stability of the food. Yes can be avoided by choosing food containing natural flavoring agents such as nuts, fruits, spice blends, as well as those derived from vegetables, etc. According mm-hmm. to who uh, only food additives that have undergone a JECFA safety assessment and are found not to be present in appreciable health risk to consumers can be used. This applies when food, whether food additives, come from a natural source or they are synthetic uh, additives and ingredients used in foods vegan foods for example foods to avoid are considered harmful or artificial dye such as five yellow dye as it may, it may cause itching in hives. People can avoid them by learning what ingredients each stands for and its effect. Um, Tiffany Swan who is a fruit scientist says Reading food labels and understanding what the ingredients are can help customers make more informed choices. As a consumer, I think it is good to look out for the ingredients that are not common mm. in the home pantry. So Great. that was just a gist of the article.
0: Thank you very much. Um, obviously, uh, we we are not that uh, you know literate in these kind of um, scientific things, <laughs> as you mentioned. Uh, they're even hard to pronounce. But let's go to to maybe an expert, or let's say um uh to to our first guest uh we have uh, with us uh, bahi van der bo uh, who is a private uh, um, paid pediatric um dietitian with 18 years of clinical experience and she has worked at uh, world-renowned children's hospitals like uh, great ormond street children's and is now the chair of the bda um uh, a, a uh specialist group so let's welcome. Her. As-salamu alaykum, peace be upon you. Uh, welcome to the breakfast show.
4: Thank you. Good morning.
0: Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, how are you this morning?
4: I'm very well, thank you. How are you?
0: Very great as well. Thank you so much. So we are talking about uh, you know food additives and the harmful yeah. additives. I mean, there's probably so many secretive uh, ingredients we don't know about. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about um, you know maybe one some some of the major ingredients which uh which we should start looking out for
4: um well just stepping back a little bit i know preservatives and additives have had a bit of a bad breath but actually they do have a purpose and a role so um traditionally things like salt or curing the meat or smoking the meat really um was done to extend the shelf life and it's prevented microorganisms like bacteria, fungi, mould from growing in the food. So it really just helps the food to last a little bit longer and it makes certain foods more accessible to people as well. The downside is that we've started over the years, we've just started to move away from eating more of fresh um, home-cooked meals to... We're eating out more. We are ordering more takeaways. Mm-hmm. Um, we're eating at restaurants and things like that. And depending on, you know, what you what you eat, the, your exposure to certain additives might be more. And particularly things like foods with more fat, more sugar, more salt. Um, these are the ones that we kind of want to be a little bit more cautious of. There are some, it is possible to be allergic to some of the additives like sulfate or the benzoic group, but luckily in the UK, the these ingredients are labelled very clearly, so it will say in the packaging it contains sulfate um, or the benzoates. The E numbers are really clearly labelled, so if you or your child need to avoid these ingredients, then... Um these are clearly labeled, and so it's easy to avoid
1: okay, thank you for that um as Osman mentioned um in your introduction you are you have worked in world renowned Children's hospitals, so you are aware of the changes for i'll say ten and twenty years um children's eating habits um you know what, what changes have you seen over the years that um you know may be on the rise?
4: Um, Well, a good place to start is also looking at the National Diet and Nutrition Survey, which gets repeated over the years. And we can see um, there are some good things as well. Children are eating more fruit, uh, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's great to see that message going in. Um, But our children are not quite getting enough of vegetables a day. And Mm. that key message about getting your five pieces of fruit and veg a day is going in in the form of fruit but they're not quite getting enough vegetables. And that has an impact on how much fiber um, children get. And that actually applies to adults as well. Uh, Both adults and children aren't getting enough fiber, which has um, an implication for our gut health. And we know that then also uh, has an implication on overall health and immunity and things like that. So we want to be able to see us as a nation eating more fruit and vegetables and whole grains and things like that so that our fiber intake goes up. The other good news we've seen is that children are having a little bit less sugar-sweetened drinks, which is great, and we want to keep promoting that message of choosing water or milk or a plant alternative for mm-hmm. as the main drink for children. But of course as we eat more convenience foods, more packaged snacks and things like that, our children are getting more protein and more fat than they probably need. So again, just thinking back to what can we prepare more from home so we have a bit more control over um, what our children are eating. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about, um, you know, personally for myself, I usually have cravings for takeaway food or something like that instead of home food. Why is that? Why is our cravings? for takeaways more or greater than food cooked at home?
4: Well, they're high in fats, and fat mm. gives food a really nice mouthfeel, um, probably that gives it a nice texture as well. And yeah. most takeaway foods are, you know, really high in fat, or if you order a dessert, you know, lots of sugar there. So, And these, um, these kind of flavours kids absolutely love, you know, they just love that salty and sugar flavours more than the bitter flavors of vegetables Mm -hmm. if you like so it's not surprising that they're much more likely to want a a takeout meal or a restaurant type meal so it's again going back to those practices of still being able to enjoy these kinds of foods if you like them as a family but um, having some limits around it maybe thinking let's have a takeaway once a week and Mm. go back to focusing more on those lovely home prepared meals Um, at home as much as possible so we have control over what goes into our children's
0: diet that's a big question I mean uh, even adults don't uh, you know despite knowing the dangers of fast food won't stop from it how can we like uh, you know encourage our children to eat healthier Uh, what steps can parents take to um, um, kind of motivate them to start liking vegetables and fruits what's what's the best way
4: well, I'm a parent myself, so I completely understand the pressures of, you know, oh, well, my mummy, my friends eat this, so why can't I have this, or why can't I have that? Um, and, you know, you, you've just got to role model the, the behavior that you want the children to have. Um, and it's hard. We've got to be role models for our children. So um, if you want your child to eat more fruit and veg, then eat more fruit and vegetables with them. If you want your children to have less decoration, then just, just order less takeaways um, mm. you know you're the parent you're uh, you are in charge of your family's menu and what goes into your children's mouth so um, I really believe and advocate for parents being in charge of and what we feed our children I and mean, then it's up to the children to decide if they're going to eat that and how much they eat at all so we're not going to force them to eat anything they don't want to but there's lots of ways of encouraging them to try food that they might not be quite familiar with but there's a lot you know you can role model eat together as a family as much as possible include them with the mini planning process You can explain to them about the benefits of certain foods and why we eat certain foods more than others. Um, And, you know, children aren't interested in diseases and things like that, but you can explain the facts in a way that's a bit more meaningful for them, like um, it's going to help you perform better at school, it's going to help you run as fast as your friends, it's going to help you concentrate well on your artwork and things like that. But just making it a bit more meaningful for children and that um over time, as long as you are consistent, those messages definitely do pay off, I believe.
1: Um, my question to you is that, you know, there's a lot of, for, for example, if, uh, my if one of my nephews is a very fussy eater. He only likes specific food, um, which might not even be healthy for him, right? Um, so how can I or any parent who do have younger or older children who are fussy eaters encourage them to kind of try different type of foods, or, you know, try to get rid of the habit of having particular food.
4: Yes. And certainly that comes up with a lot of families There were where a child might be picky of certain foods or will certain things. Um, and one of the a really important places to start, and these are laying down the right foundations for feeding children, and that is eat as much as you can with your child. Mm. It sounds like a really... Simple message, I mean, how, you might think, well, how is that going to work? But actually, if you think about it, we, we've we changed, more women are working, um, more of us come home late from work and we collect the kids late and, you know, maybe the children eat first and then you eat a bit later once they've gone to bed. So try and change that and eat as much as you can with your child. And it's down to something called the social development theories. Children love to mimic the behavior of people Mm -hmm. they look up to. And, you know, for a child, you are the superhero. So if you're sitting there eating the vegetables, eating certain foods, more complex textures like even just, you know, a rice with a saucy dish, that might seem like a complex, messy texture for some children. And so demonstrating how to eat those foods, um, you know, maybe you pick up the green beans and you sort of dip it in a sauce that you really like eating as part of that meal. And they might think, oh, well, it's daddy and mommy are eating that food. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'll give it a go. And they might just start to dip the bean in a sauce as well. And so eating together is where I say magic happens. Magic really happens at the table. And it's a great place to start. And it's a really simple and effective thing that you can do today. Start eating with your children more at the table
1: great and
0: that there's a uh, great advice i mean setting the example which is also i think the most difficult part for most parents uh i, I know you specialize in children but um uh, maybe if this is also something you can answer about uh the kind of newborns you know very little babies um and mm-hmm. uh, they obviously uh, mostly drink milk but it, it, if you can answer what's the difference between Uh, breast milk and uh, baby powder um, people are using nowadays is it harmful or is that okay because it's also you know it's an alternative
4: so the gold standard for babies is breast milk (coughs) Um, and we want to see as many um, babies be breastfed as possible until age six months maybe up to a year um, and beyond Um, you can breastfeed for as long as you like really now there will be some instances where some women may need to go back to work a little bit sooner and so they might use formula and formula is a little bit it is a suitable um, form of feeding when breastfeeding isn't possible but it doesn't have all of the goodness that breast milk will offer so breast milk will have hormones and um, almost like all these growth factors and all these wonderful things that babies also need to survive, including things like pre and natural providers in the breast milk, that you just might not always get in formula. However, you know, I totally understand that some women just might return to work a little bit sooner. So um, there's a reason why you couldn't breast, continue to breastfeed in the morning and the evenings and perhaps um, offer a formula during the day in children night nursery um, or with a, an, another carer but where possible the message is try and breastfeed as much as possible because it really is the best form of feeding or the best start that you can give your baby
0: mm-hmm. Great thank you very much um, uh, <clears throat> thank you for joining us uh, very informative and uh, uh, we certainly learnt a lot of things Uh, It was lovely speaking to you And thank you for joining us this morning
4: Thank you very much for having me on the show Bye for now
0: Thank you, bye bye So that was um, um, (coughs) Miss Bahi van der Bo Bo, uh, Who is a private (coughs) Sorry, who is a private um, uh, Pediatric uh, dietitian um, With 18 years of experience And uh, we could see that You know um, uh, The one, I think, most important point She mentioned about Setting the example uh, it's a very simple and easy thing for, which everyone can do, uh, but also hard to act on. Um, let's move on to our next guest, um, uh, who is Mays Al Ali, uh, and uh, Mays is a registered nutri- nutritionist and naturopath with a with a master's in clinical nutrition, specializing in gut health, hormone balancing, weight loss disorder. Uh, um, uh, disordered eating, sorry And uh, liver cleansing and many other conditions So, uh, Assalamualaikum, peace be upon you And welcome to the breakfast show, Miss Mays
5: Thank you so much for having me It's great to be here with
1: you
0: Thank you uh, We have some uh, uh, interesting questions And a very important to- uh, topic we are discussing About food additives and different ingredients uh, Since you are a nutritionist And have a master's degree in uh in, in clinical nutrition and various other things uh i mean one you'd start by uh, telling us uh, a little bit about different food groups maybe um or um about um you know the the harmful effects of these secret ingredients which which are, which are kind of uh, you know not known to to the general public
5: yeah of course yeah well, um, there are three main different food groups, and they're all equally important. Um, I never recommend any fad dieting or removing any of the food groups because we need them all, and that's protein, fat, and carbohydrates. Um, and we need them in a balanced uh, ratio, so we always recommend the Bant Wellness Solution with half the plate vegetables, one quarter protein, and one quarter carbohydrates, and it needs to be the right type. Um, So if individuals stick to this, this is a very generalized view. Of course, one-to-one nutrition is very personalized and always the most recommended and most effective. But as a general way, this can provide optimum health for people. What happens is that um, foods have additives and preservatives added to them to give them more shelf life, to make them taste better, to make them look better. Um, and it's often with, um, with with chemicals that are used for that. So uh, additives um, can be things like food colorings, uh, flavor enhancers like MSG, and then also a range of preservatives. So these are things that are added to the foods to fight spoilage caused b- mm-hmm. by bacteria, molds, or fungus. Um, so these things can sometimes have um, adverse effects in some people. Um and as always, it, it we always recommend eating whole foods where possible in their yeah. in their whole form, as nature intended.
0: Yes, yeah, so you mentioned uh preservatives and uh what's what's the difference between between preservatives and additives? Um isn't that kind of the same category or?
5: Well, they're kind of similar but different. So food additives uh, chemicals that are added to foods to keep them fresh or to enhance their color, flavor, or texture, whereas preservatives are added to make them last longer and to avoid decomposition um, caused by mi- microbial growth and increases the shelf life of, of products. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so that's uh, the main difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get. It. <laughs> you, you, but, sorry, um,
1: sorry, sorry to cut in. Um, you were mentioning that you know um your introduction with hormone balancing um i don't know if that directly comes into your you know your uh, profession um there's a lot of women who who have difficulty you know um getting pregnant um due to maybe hormone balancing um um that, that initial stage of getting pregnant and then later on during the pregnancy they might have you know difficulties or might go through miscarriages um can that be due to Um, the lack of um, food they are um, consuming or could it be due to maybe they don't have enough balance in their diet?
5: Yes, I mean balancing hormones is a complex thing and it's multifactorial. There are various different things that can affect it. Number one is definitely the nutrition, the nutrition content of food. So avoiding ultra processed foods. It's mostly these ultra processed foods that have the most preservatives, that have the most additives, that have the most color enhancers and and flavor enhancers. And these can cause hypersensitive reactions in some individuals. So these can link to some digestive disorders, even some nervous disorders like insomnia and irritability, um, onto allergies, of course, asthma, and then skin problems. And then all these things can have an effect on the body that can be be negative and that can affect the imbalance of hormones. The other major thing that imbalances hormones is stress. So I always say it's it's two prongs. You've got to, you know, fix what you're putting into the body nutrition-wise, but you also have to fix the mind and look after the mind and look after the stress levels around you. So, Mm. yeah, as always, it is multifactorial and very individual.
1: Okay, perfect. Thank you for that um one other question i had to you is that you know um i I think in the last last maybe five or ten years um there's a there's a lot of diets that have come out you know intermediate fasting etc ways to lose weight um you know or just having just a protein diet where you're consuming higher amounts of protein less carbs fiber etc one of the diets style of diets is the vegan diet which has very you know has been popular in the past you know um five years um um how healthy is to go on to a vegan diet or is it um yeah is it even healthy at all to just you know for the last maybe for the next 10 years is on a healthy diet how what impact would that have on your body to you know consume maybe no protein like eggs etc
5: <clears throat> yes well that's a very good question so a vegan diet may suit some people but may not be right for everyone Um, The science shows that it is certainly beneficial to increase your overall intake of plant foods. They Mm. say 30 different plants a week is the ideal amount. So plant foods uh, provide more fiber. Fiber is hugely important for gut health and overall health and longevity. And also plant foods have different beneficial vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients. They say eat the rainbow because every different colored plant food um, has a different beneficial antioxidant and phytonutrient that fights chronic disease. Um, so, especially to uh, you know support our gut microbiome as a gut health specialist, it's so important to have the fiber to have the plant foods for that. And then, of course, it reduces the risk factors for um, certain chronic health conditions. Um, however, there are some beneficial and essential nutrients in in meat, fish, eggs that cannot all be naturally sourced in, in, in foods following a vegan diet. So I always recommend getting some support to, uh, you know, if embarking on a vegan diet, getting some one-to-one personalized nutrition support because things like B12 are much more easily um, taken from animal foods. Um, genetics can affect this, which is really interesting. There's a gene, the bco one gene, which means that you can't convert beta carotene into vitamin A and in vegans, they're only getting um, beta-carotene foods, so orange foods, sweet potatoes um, mm. and, and, th- and carrots, things like that. So if they can't convert it into vitamin A foods, which vitamin A foods are um, uh, fish and eggs, things, plant, uh, animal foods, so if they can't make this conversion then they're not making vitamin A, sometimes mm. you might end up getting... Uh, poor night vision after a few years of being vegan and that can be due to this genetic um, you know gene that's missing. so some people you know might uh, suffer more than others but it is possible to be a healthy vegan with the right um, nutrition advice. Another important one is omega threes so uh, omega three foods are, are rich in, in fish oily fish. But in the vegan diet, um, this is often missing. And if omega threes aren't balanced in the ratio with omega six, th- this can cause silent inflammation in the body, leading mm. to eventually leading to you know an, an increased risk of chronic health conditions. So it, it is possible. And of course, um, the wider issue about being vegan is the sustainability, the environmental impact, the animal welfare which must also be considered when we think about our future food chains and our health and well-being. So there are definitely positives, but you do have to watch out and make sure that you're not missing vital nutrients that are really important. Mm
0: -hmm. Great, great. Thank you very much. Uh, It was uh, really nice speaking to you, uh, Ms. Mays, Uh, and thank you for all the information. Um, I hope you have a great day ahead, and thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, It was a real pleasure.
5: Thank you so much for having me. It was great to be here.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, we are rushing through our guests today because we have a lot of them. Uh, so we will go straight to our next guest, who is uh, um, Rima Patel. Uh, Rima is a registered dietitian at Dietitian Fit, a team of private dietitians located in London and Surrey. And she works with people to help better their uh, relationship with food, as well as providing support and guidance around different areas of their health and well-being through behavioral change, Uh, techniques or uh, motivational interviewing. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. Uh, Welcome to The Breakfast Show.
6: Hi, thank you for having me. It's really good to be here.
0: Thank you for joining us. Uh, We all really appreciate every time our guest uh, takes out some time, uh, joins us. Uh, So uh, we really uh, also appreciate you coming onto the show. Uh, um, If you have been listening, uh, we we are talking about, uh, you know, additives and ingredients, um, diet, you know, this kind of stuff. Uh, So, um, can you tell us if... Uh, I mean, there is no such thing as one diet fits all, is it? Uh, so what factors determine someone's diet? Um, mm. How how can someone determine that I need to eat more vegetables or fruits or meat? Yeah, I mean, there's so many
6: factors when it comes to looking at someone's diet. I mean, when we, when we <coughs> think about the word diet itself... It's actually looking at people's food choices, what they're actually eating. And a large determining factor of this is like their cost, availability, cultural factors, you know, family influences. Um, But in terms of what people should eat, everyone is different. It's really hard to say kind of a one size fits all approach. Everyone has different energy requirements, even, you know, two people around the same weight, height, gender, will have completely different requirements. Like, for example, one might have certain health conditions, one might be training for a marathon. So, you know, it's really hard to, to say one diet fits so all.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
6: always good to get kind of personalized approach where you can.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are general guidelines, right? Like you you five a day or as our previous guest um, mentioned that um, half of your food should be vegetables, a quarter um, carbohydrates and, and a, or fats and a, another quarter mm-hmm. proteins. Um, so uh, knowing this, what's what's the role of additives in certain foods? What, Why do additives, um, I mean, what's, why are we even talking about this today? What's, why is mm. this, why are they being an, an issue lately?
6: Yeah, so additives are basically things that added to products or foods that help to improve them on a number of aspects. And that could be improving their taste or their texture, um, as well as making them look better. So generally, additives are put into the products to help extend the shelf life. Meaning that, you know, when you buy food in the supermarket, it will last longer than a few days. Because if that was the case, we'd have to go all the time shopping, right? It's yeah. just, um, it'd be really, you know, unrealistic. So obviously, obviously you want to try and limit some additives because some, some of them can cause health issues for certain people. Like some, some can be linked to having increased risk of migraines, digestive disorders. Um, some of them have been linked to hyperactivity in children. But most additives are there for a reason. And we just want to make sure that, you know, how much we're having and what kind of product we're having them in is in a, is in a moderate, to kind of safe limit as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, for, for our listeners out there, um, my question to you is that if you can also explain what a difference is between fermented food and probiotic food, um, mm-hmm. and which one, of course, is the better to consume?
6: Definitely. I mean, they, the terms are used quite interchangeably, there, fermented foods and probiotic food, but they're slightly different. So... Basically fermented foods have gone through a change that may alter the taste, texture, the microbial content of foods. And when I say microbial, I mean bacteria, yeast, things that are um, healthy for us in certain aspects Mm -hmm. and that there are some nutritional benefits of them. And fermentation is a form of preservation essentially when bacteria and yeast break down sugars in the food to lactic acid and that gives it beneficial properties. Um so I'll give you a few examples that could be like sauerkraut, you know kimchi, um yogurts are fermented you know fermented type of food um, as well. So some fermented foods are classed as probiotics, but not all fermented foods actually contain the live bacteria, which are probiotics mm-hmm. because these can sometimes be removed at a certain stage of production. For example, when you when you bake bread, bread itself can be classed as a fermented food, but actually when you mm-hmm. cook it, a lot of the probiotic the bacteria are, are killed off um, so there's no requirement for fermented foods itself to contain live bacteria when, when we ingest them
0: mm-hmm. uh, you know about bread for example <clears throat> we first obviously it's, it's baked then uh, we bring it home and then we uh, toast it again mm-hmm. uh, so that you know repeating that process does does that have a negative effect or is, um, is that okay
6: yeah it's very unlikely that the the product will actually contain any sorts of probiotics that are live in the end stage Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no reason why we shouldn't have bread. It's just, you know, we should get our probiotics from, from other sources. Like, I think uh, ke- kefir is a good one. I don't know if you've ever tried that. It's like um it's like a yogurty drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and kombucha, which is like a fermented cold tea drink. So that's quite a good one because they're, they're not heat treated.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And also with more awareness of additive preservatives, um, uh, has there been a shift in our dietary habits um people, i mean as Nabil mentioned people are going on you know various diets in recent in the last decade or so um have you seen a certain trend where people are shifting away from additives preservatives
6: yeah definitely I think if people have been becoming more aware of what's actually added to the products you know look, looking at the labels and they're buying things at supermarkets and trying to see certain maybe artificial colors which perhaps don't need to be there, sweeteners, flavor enhancers. Um, These are kind of the products, like, we buy that are more processed that have these additives in them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if we don't buy products with those additives, usually they do have a shorter life. Um, That's fine. You know, if you're able to cook from scratch and go shopping more often, that can be beneficial in the case. And we have seen a really big shift for people who do want to reduce their intake of processed foods, which generally reduces their intake of, of these more additives.
1: Um, now that you mentioned that, does that have an effect on the prices as well then? And would it be more expensive to um, buy food with lesser addictives or etc? Would you know it's, that?
6: I mean, it's really hard to say. We want to say that eating well, like eating from scratch, cooking from scratch, sorry, you know, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, they're generally very inexpensive in their, in their raw form.
4: Mm. Um,
6: but you may see that often in supermarkets, there's always promotions on kind of processed foods or ready-made foods, and there's less promotions mm-hmm. or like discounts on the natural kind of whole foods itself, which is which is a real shame. Um, so often those kind of less healthier foods will look more appealing for people who want to or need to save money, are uh, on a budget as well. So it's, it can be really hard to know what to cook as well when when you may not be experienced with cooking from scratch or have the knowledge or or skills as much to reduce additive consumption
0: okay
1: okay thank you thank you for your time uh reema patel um it was very insightful for you to join us um managed to get a lot of information um in the last i would say eight minutes um thank Mm -hmm. you for your time as well
6: thank you very much for having me
1: perfect have a good day ahead thank you bye bye
0: Thank you. So that was uh, Mr. Srimad Patel uh, also enlightening us with various things. So some interesting things, right? Uh, I mean, we've had now, we had, um, we talked about vegans, we talked about additives, we talked about baby food. And uh, what do you see like a common trend in this?
1: Um, I think like um, coming nowadays in the last 10, 20 years, a lot of people are, looking into what they're consuming, etc., and what is actually right for their body themselves, um, mm-hmm. what kind of diet is right for them. Um, especially um, nowadays, there's so much coming out into shopping markets, supermarkets that we're not wary of. So it does yeah, give us so
0: many options and you don't know Exactly, what and eat, I think
1: you, online gives a huge help in doing your own research. Of course, we mm-hmm. had these excellent guests helping us out, um, giving us some more insight on what to eat and what not to consume. Um, yep. Speaking of excellent guests, I think we have another guest online.
0: Yeah, today there's so many guests, which is great. <laughs> so let's go to our next guest, and this this will be the last one for for today, uh, which is uh, Carrie Torrance, who is a registered nutritionist uh, with over two decades of experience. Um, so we had a, a lot of experienced guests today. Uh, assalamualaikum, peace be upon you. Uh, welcome to the breakfast show, Carrie.
7: Hello, welcome. Thank you very much. Good morning.
0: Thank you for joining us. Uh, it's Pleasure having you here. Uh, Just to start off, can you uh, brief us a little bit on how and why our eating habits have changed in the last decade or two?
7: Yes, well, um, our lifestyles have changed so much, haven't they? So how, what and when we eat has really changed. We tend to eat more processed and takeaway foods because they fit more conveniently into our busy lifestyles. So Mm. that means we eat more hidden fat, sugar and salt, and we don't tend to eat seasonally um, because things like strawberries and tomatoes are available all year round. But the change really started quite some time ago. If we go back in time, our great-grandparents started to put processed foods in their weekly shopping basket back in the 1960s when mm-hmm. we saw white sliced bread and sugar-coated breakfast cereals becoming staples in our weekly shop. Then in the 80s, we saw the rise of the ready meal and the microwave. And interestingly, just before the end of the 20th century, we saw quite a change in how long it took us to prepare a meal. So in the 1980s, it would have taken us about an hour to prepare our evening meal. By 1999, it was just 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So the supermarkets and fast food chains really started to dominate during that period. And then in the recent years, we, we move less, we sit more, we snack more. And with the magic of a smartphone in our pocket and new delivery <laughs> networks, we've got an endless supply of fast food and convenience foods just a few finger taps away. So nice. it's made a huge change. But we actually, despite all of this, we have more health messaging now than maybe our grandparents or our great-grandparents had. So mm. it's, um, it's an interesting, interesting change.
0: Yeah, very interesting. You were mentioning mm-hmm. like the, how the time of cooking has also decreased. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, does that mean like processed food cooks faster? I mean, the steps are the same. You still need to chop, you know, the tomatoes and onions and everything, and then put in uh, cook it, fry it, whatever. Um, wh- why has the time decreased? What's the difference between? Well,
7: because less that? of us are actually cooking from scratch, mm-hmm. so we might use um, ready prepared sources rather yeah. than saying cutting the tomatoes frying them with onions etc so we're, we're taking more shortcuts
0: mm. oh yes i understand and uh, i mean why are why is it that our cravings uh, for convenience food or takeaways tends to be greater than uh, you know food cooked at home this uh, is what, brilliant. what do they put in there to you know to yeah, think draw this, us this, out?
1: This, this affects all of us yeah,
7: <laughs> yeah this, this is a really interesting area so convenient foods and fast foods are formulated to hit what the food companies call the the bliss point.
1: Mm-hmm. I sort of
7: call this the Goldilocks phenomenon. So, <laughs> I don't if you're familiar with that nursery rhyme. Goldilocks tasted one bowl of porridge and she didn't like it. Then the next bowl didn't like it, but the third bowl was really nice. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens to convenience foods. They're formulated to hit that r- real lovely taste mouthfeel, and that stimulates our reward systems and makes us feel good. So it initiates um, brain chemicals like dopamine, which is involved in the reward mechanism in the, me- in the brain. Mm. And food companies use sugar, salt, fat, and additives to make us um, to, to reach this bliss point. So it makes a second and third helping, or whatever the food is, really tempting mm. and hard to resist.
0: Yes, I'm also aware that you you know work with a lot of um, many top chefs and major food manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if if you could, uh, um, uh, I don't know if you if you if this is your field as well, uh, you know if you go to like uh, some expensive restaurants, they might present you like one small, um, like steak on a for uh, I don't know what price. Uh, is there a difference in the in the quality of that food? Or is there a different way of cooking that food uh, than compared to what we make at home, for example?
7: Yeah, um, there will be, well, put it this way, there may be some differences in Mm -hmm. quality depending on your budget at home. Um, So, you know, top chefs and restaurants do source um, really prime ingredients. They also use um a lot of ancillary ingredients to bring out the flavors and to to really get that um delicious mm. steak on your plate so so yes there will be differences in how we can do it at home and the access they have to ingredients to prime ingredients mm. yeah
0: great so uh, i have one more last question for you um about frozen food uh, so obviously since we have amazing freezers nowadays, we we just bring meat, freeze it, and then it doesn't expire, it doesn't rot, and just take it out whenever we want, make some food. That definitely needs, like, must have an effect on the meat and its quality as well.
7: Right, yes. So, so freezing is a natural preservation process, and what it does is it, it can lock in the vitamins and minerals in the food while affecting the fat, protein, and carbohydrates in a very limited way. So you can keep frozen food for quite a long time. The advice is that typically with frozen food, keep it for about three months. After that, you might see what we call freezer burn. So this is when um, maybe if it's a meat, for example, you might see a discoloration in the meat. Mm-hmm. It's not affecting the meat in any particular you know, detrimental way in terms of nutrition, but it doesn't just doesn't look so nice. And mm-hmm. it's a great thing, a great method to use at home because you can um, cook from scratch and do what we call batch cooking. So make more of what you're, what you're cooking um, so that you can save some for later. So you can freeze it in portions if you want for a, um, an easy... Mm, sort of like meal vet. prepping. Exactly. Um, and then keep it for later. It's important to say, though, some food manufacturers will use freezing as a method of preserving their meals, for example. But they will still use preservatives, or they may do. So it's worth checking ingredient lists. And they do this because, like I say, sometimes the color can change. So they might use something like um, potassium metabisulfate, which is a preservative that protects color. Mm -hmm. So um, if you are buying a frozen-ready meal, always check the label if you're trying to avoid additives. But if you're cooking at home, then it's a really great way to... um, to preserve food and a good alternative to fresh because it's as nutritionally um, good and sometimes even better. And that's because, for example, with um, fresh produce like peas, for example, um, peas that we buy frozen are picked and frozen really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. And if we buy fresh peas, take them home, stick them in the fridge, they're actually losing some of their nutritional value while they're sitting there waiting for us to use them. Mm-hmm. So frozen produce can be even better than fresh in in some circumstances.
1: Okay just just one quick question maybe mm-hmm. if you can answer that within I think we're about to finish the show in one two minutes an alternative for those who are addicted to takeaways. <laughs> <coughs>
7: Alternatives. Um, or maybe
1: yeah. maybe a way for them to get rid of the habit of you know having takeaways.
7: Yeah, I think batch cooking's the answer. Yeah. You know if you can spend say a day at the weekend making your own curries or chilies or whatever particular takeaway you like and then freezing the extra. Then you've got a quick ready meal at hand. You can you know, pop it in the oven, pop it on the hub, stick it in the microwave, and it's as quick as a ready meal. Um, so I, I think that's the, the best option. But you've got to be aware, if you are addicted to takeaways and you really <laughs> like a certain thing, it's the bliss point that you're, you know, it's it's what it's being formulated and engineered to do, is um, it's working on you basically.
1: <laughs> okay, perfect. Thank you for your time, Kerry. It was very, you know, insightful to have you on the show.
7: Thank you for inviting me.
1: Perfect. Thank you. Bye bye.
7: Bye bye.
0: Thank you so much. We had some amazing guests today. Um, today, lovely guests. Uh, also, a very good discussion. Um, we are coming to the end of the show, and lastly. Uh, I mean, again, obviously everything we speak about uh, goes hand-in-hand with Islam because Islam is such a practical and balanced religion. Uh, And even about (coughs) when it comes to diet and food, Islam says that we have a balanced diet. And uh, again, we see the the practice of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, uh, the perfect example also when it comes to food. Um, In one narration, uh, um, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that you should should eat um, a third of your stomach, You should drink a third of your stomach and also leave a third of your stomach for some air to go in and out, you know. Uh, some people, they just fill up their stomach and after that, they, have, they, they down the drinks and then they, they always have some extra space somewhere for dessert. And then at and the then, end... Uh, and then they crash. <laughs> and then they <laughs> crash.
1: to feel sleepy and everything.
0: Yeah, so it's a, this is a very dangerous thing. I mean, we... I mean, I think it takes about 20 minutes For your brain to realize What, what like you've eaten yeah, For the yeah. message to send So uh, by the time you realize that you, I mean, your stomach is getting full It's already full yeah. So be mindful when you're eating I mean, just cutting down The amount of food you put in Can help Even even if you are eating unhealthy Just at least decreasing it uh, It's useful And then lastly A quote from His Holiness Hazard Mizra The head of the Hamdi Muslim community Who addressed uh, in a Friday sermon In 2020 he said that when diseases and pandemics surface, that was when COVID is happening, they can take everyone in their grasp. For this reason, hours of sleep and children, um, for this reason, everyone should take great caution. Act upon the advice of the government, make sure you have enough sleep. and adults should get around six to seven hours of sleep and children require a bit more uh, eight to nine hours or even 10 hours of sleep. It should not be the case that one stays awake watching television t- till late at night and then in the morning missing uh, their morning prayer and gets up in a rush for work and remains uh, you know, uh, lazy throughout the day. On top of the tiredness from work, this is how diseases and illnesses attack. So a very key point, as always mentioned, is that it's not just your food your sleep and uh, your your sleeping habits have a huge impact on yeah. on, on uh, your your uh health in general <laughs> so uh we should follow the example of the holy prophet peace mm-hmm. in this is all well. he used to go to sleep early and wake up very early uh even throughout the night we'll be praying sometimes uh you know as, as um his holiness also mentioned that um uh, early to sleep early to rise makes and healthy, wealthy, and wise. So let's, uh, you know, uh, follow these commandments, follow these um, examples we have from taking and also taking into account all the information we have been given from our guests. Thank you to our guests again. Thank you, Nabil, for joining us today. Uh, thank you to the tech team. Thank you for the producers who are, who are making the show possible. Uh, it was uh, really amazing speaking to uh, you guys. Um, also, give us a call next time or a tweet about this um, at uh, Voice of Islam UK. If you have any comments, uh, we really appreciate that. And uh, this is it from us today. We will see you hopefully um, or we will hear you or you will hear from us next Monday again. Until then, uh, have a, a nice week.